0: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, cut the world over from you. Yeah. a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger than yourself.
1: Welcome to Live Big with Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's get into today's message.
0: Are you ready for the Word? Before you sit down, you know, I have an alarm clock. Actually, now I use my phone more than my alarm clock, but sometimes I I still use it. And I hate it when it goes off. And there's nothing wrong with sleeping because that's what we do as people. We uh, work and then we need rest. But this morning, I feel a little bit like an alarm clock. It's not because you're bad people, but because God's trying to wake something up on the inside. So would you allow me to be your pastor today? And speak even in an annoying tone. And it's not to condemn or to beat up on nobody, but to rouse you up. So that you're ready for the day that you're about to face. Father, bless everyone hearing your word today and we give you honor in advance for all you say in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning with the 17th verse. And as I said, I just feel a growl in my heart. And I'm after something today. And uh, I believe by God's grace, we are going to get that thing. And we're going to leave here stronger and better for our time together. Verse 17, then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah. In chapter 17, verse 1, King, uh, Elijah actually went to King Ahab and he said, Hey, he said, King, hey, it's not going to rain Until I say so. You know, that's just a little bit bold. Guy walking into the palace saying, it's not going to rain, but at my word. But for three and a half years, guess what happened? It didn't rain. You see, I don't listen to everyone. But when I meet a person that really walks with God, I've learned to pay attention. Then it happened. After three and a half years, there's a little bit of tension that's built up. Ahab saw Elijah, and immediately Ahab gets aggressive. He said, is that you, O troubler of Israel? The problem here is Ahab was the most corrupt and ungodly king in all of Israel's history. But he still had the nerve to try to shift the blame and somehow put to trouble on Elijah as long as you keep blaming something or someone else for your problems you'll never learn from them and this is why this guy stayed in this situation because he never owned nothing it was always somebody else's fault so he could never learn his lessons but Elijah didn't back up and say oh you know I hurt your feelings oh I'm so sorry none of that he said uh I have not troubled, this is important. See, I'm not sure if Elijah had a short temper or just a, a quick response to nonsense. But Elijah was nobody to play with. And you got to learn how to answer certain people. And the answer, I'm, I'm the. Tr- I've not troubled Israel, but you and your mama, that's what it said. That's, it's not written there, but that was what was communicated. You and your father's house, you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the bales. Nowadays, if we do something wrong, it's, it's our childhood's fault, it's culture's fault, it's society's fault. Is everybody else's fault but our own. And somehow we become the stars of our own victim story. But Elijah was like nobody else. He looked the king in the face. Mr. King, the famine is not God's fault. The famine is not the church's fault. The only constant, Mr. King, in all of your problems is you. You will never change what you refuse to confront. And the greatest confrontation is not with your spouse, your boss, some employer, or somebody else. It's the man in the mirror. And Elijah wouldn't do it, so Ahab did it for him. Now, therefore, Mr. King. Send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. The 450 prophets of Baal, not just one or two, you know, every now and then, you know, you got, you know, some stragglers. But a hundred, four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal. This is in Israel, God's nation, God's land. Baal was the God of rain. But not only did Baal have 450 prophets that were actually being paid by Jezebel, there were 400 prophets of Asherah. Now, Asherah was the uh, uh, mythical wife of Baal. And they were the original evil power couple, if you will. Y'all been watching Netflix. I'm about to answer some important questions for you. This is important. If you hear me. I'm about to help you. If, if you, if you. if you're willing to own it. How dare he say that to me? If you're willing to own it. Willing to own it. The problem was not that Israel didn't worship God. The problem was they didn't worship God alone. 450. 450. The thing holding many of us back Is not that you don't worship God. You're here, you're live streaming, you 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 tuned in or or something. It's not that you don't worship God. The problem is all the other things you worship beside him, like acceptance, like popularity, like money. Whenever you add other gods, it implies the first one is somehow insufficient. Because if the first one got it right, you wouldn't need any other. That's why God takes it so personally. When we have all these other idols, all these other things we trust, but him. He looks at us and says, am I not enough? The creator of the ends of the earth, am I not sufficient? For you in your life? So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together. These are the prophets of Baal and Asherah on Mount Carmel. Nothing changes until someone finally gets upset. Basically he got sick and tired of being sick and tired. He was fed up and he had enough. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long? How long have you been saved? How long have you been coming to church? How long have you had on the bumper sticker? How long have you been speaking in Christian ease? How long have you been wearing those t shirts? How long will you falter between two opinions? Indecision is still a decision. It's just a decision not to decide. With all the evidence, all that God has done for you to this point, The fact that we have not yet made up our minds is in itself rejection. He has been faithful. He has kept you. He has preserved you. You may not have everything your neighbor has, but God's been good to you and you have more than you deserve. And your indecision is a decision to reject the testimony of God in your own conscience in your own life. And God is saying, I'm not smiling at that. I love you. But this day, I need you to make a decision. And stop standing there on the outside like double dutch, double dutch, double dutch. Never jump it in. Man, I'm sweating, swinging this thing for you, and I I got all this stuff prepared, and you just… God is saying, get in there and do, do, do what you're supposed to do. I'm not supposed to know how to do that. (laughs) It's never the neutral that make history. Never the neutral. Elijah said, if the Lord is God, stop playing with God. If the Lord is God, follow. Don't just acknowledge him every now and then. Just don't just throw them $5 every now and then and often and feel like you did your due. If the Lord is God, follow. Follow means to go where he tells you to go. Do what he tells you to do. Follow him. Now, here's the deal. If God is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, All loving. You can't add to all. The moment you try to add to all, you are saying that there was not all in the first place because something was missing. So when you start trying to add to all, God can't help but take it just a little bit personally. God is like, listen, I'd rather you hot or cold. But all this middle stuff, Makes my belly hurt. That's what the Bible says. If Baal is God, follow him. But the people heard and answered not a word. They didn't have the courage to defend their position or to change it. So they were silent. Lukewarm believers, talk about your neighbor now, (laughs) never live by faith because their lives are so carefully structured that they don't have to. And we create our lives so safe. We never step out, venture out, never take a risk. We're so safe. And the reality is the reason we play it safe is because we're not on fire. Because when I first fell in my love, fell in love with my wife, I was willing to walk on coals. I was willing to do stupid, dangerous, dumb stuff. You hear what I'm saying? Because of that love. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. Now, Elijah's not a perfect man. Matter of fact, he's a man that has a few issues, and we see this throughout his, his journey. Obadiah just told us in 184 that in two caves he had protected over a hundred prophets. So obviously there were other prophets in the nation, but here's what the devil tries to do. He tries to make us think we're the only one. No, no one else has ever been a single parent. No one else has ever been as single as long as I have. No one has ever been married to a monster like mine. No one has had children like my children. And we feel that we're going through something unusual and something special. But here's the problem, and this is why I might be just a little bit annoying today, is I've seen enough of the globe. I, I, I've, I've, I've walked the streets in, in sochengui in South Africa, and I've watched people build their houses one 10 wall at a time. And I watch people have two walls up. Other people have three walls. Then I go to another house. They had four walls up. No electricity, no running water, but no roof. And I've been to places and I've seen. And there are people in other nations praying for our problems. Dear God, let my husband hate me, but let, let it be in a warm house. Let me have some marital conflict, but let us be able to pay the bills and feed our children. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of the problems we have are really not problems. Will anyone come back next week? Now, it's true that Elijah was the only one anointed to take a public stand, and those guys were in the caves. That's true. But being out front by definition, can be lonely at times. And that's par for the course. And everyone doesn't have the anointing you have, so they're not going to always experience exactly what you experience. But here's the deal. If you're not like everyone else, that should be something you're happy about. And not something you're feeling sorry for yourself. About that alarm clock, we need to shut it up, don't we? He said, I'm all alone, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. One plus God is still the majority. He said, therefore, let them give us two bulls, but, but let them choose one bull for themselves. In other words, he gave them the advantage of the first choice. So if there was any of the two bulls that was more likely to be set on fire, believe me, they're the ones that, 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 that picked the bull. And, but, 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 but what we need to see here, too, from Elijah's vantage point, he's like, my God doesn't need any help. I, I don't need... All that. My God is God. So he he cut them in pieces and laid it on the wood. And this is what he's telling them to do, actually. But, but put no fire under it. And I'll, I'll get the bull that you, you don't want. And I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll prepare it and I'll lay it on the wood. But I'll put no fire under it. So right about now, it's, it's like noontime at the OK Corral. I mean, the gunfighters on their side and they're already... To go, but God tests us with stress before he trusts us with success. Here's the deal. You're complaining about your stress, which means you're not ready for your success. He tests you with stress before he trusts you with success. So it's stressful. Stressful. They're setting up their sacrifice. He's setting up his. And here's the further instructions. Then you call on the name of your gods, that evil power couple that you love so much. And I will call on the name of Yahweh, the Lord. Now, people read this and think, well, you know, this guy just kind of came out of nowhere. That just doesn't happen in the Bible. You don't have this type of public faith when you haven't had it first privately. Now, a lot of folks want a public platform, but they privately ain't no good. They can't even handle the most minor thing, but they supposed to be speaking to millions of people and influencing the world. The only reason why I halfway stand before you today is because, not not because, you know, one day, you know, I just got to preach going. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to work this. No. When I was sick, he healed me. When I was broke, he provided for me. When I was confused, he answered me. When I was failing and I couldn't get up, God said, get up, boy, and walk on. The only reason I have anything to say to you is because I got a testimony. God did it in my life, and because he did it in my life, I know he could do it in your life. The only reason. The only reason. And and I love Elijah's spirit here. You might say, well, he's too grumpy and all that. I got that. but, but, But I love his spirit. He said, "They ain't, ain't going to be no more, you know, middle of the road, you know. That's, that's why you get hit by cars anyway, playing in the middle of the road. No, that, that's why some of y'all's dealing with so much pain in your life. You keep getting hit from both directions because you're playing in the middle. You need to make a decision. Elijah said, in the God who answers, not by theory, not with superior sounding theology, But the God who answers by fire, he is God. So don't stop doing what God told you to do until God can be proud of what you've done. When I was sick, he healed me. When I was broke, he provided for me. When I was confused, he answered me. After I had failed, he said, boy, get up and you can walk on. This is what I know. This is my story. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We live comfortable lives, comfortable theology, and we think we're doing something. My whole job today is to kind of deal a little bit with self-satisfaction and to be that alarm clock saying. It's not good enough to think, you know, what God needs and what people need are results. Everyone had an argument, but you can't argue with results. So all the people said, like we do in church, you know, it is well-spoken, amen, amen, amen. But well-spoken is a good start. But really what matters is well-done. And that, that's what we, we want to just say, well, we said it well. I want to be said, I lived it well. I did it well. I don't want to go to my grave saying, you know what, man, he preached well. I want, I want to go to my grave knowing I lived a life. Amen. There, there was impact and, and result. Do you understand what I'm saying? Skip to 26. So they took the bull, which was given them, and they prepared it. And they called on the name of Baal, or Baal, from morning till noon, saying, "Oh Baal, hear us. So they were persistent for hours. But there was no voice, no one answered, because there were no results. Then they decided, listen, I'm a Pentecostal. They got Pentecostal. (laughs) Then they leaped about the altar. The, 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 The music was playing everything they had made. They were persistent. They were passionate, but no results. And so it was at noon that Elijah began to mock them. You see, the opposite of love is not hate. This culture's gone nuts. It's indifference. It's to tolerate evil. It's not to care. Only people who don't care don't get mad at anything. I'm not so concerned about the couple that argue sometimes. I'm concerned about the couple that no longer cares enough to even put up a fight. 28. So they cried aloud, began to mutilate themselves, cut themselves, as was their custom with knives and lances, until the blood gushed out on them. These guys were persistent. These guys were passionate. And now we see they were committed to the point of sacrifice and blood. But zeal without truth is like fire without light. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening service. I've been in situations where everyone has these, these lightweight prophecies. And it's just Christian fluff. No power. But, but, but listen, don't throw out all prophecy because Elijah had a word. You hear what I'm saying? was so all this lightweight stuff. They were having a lightweight church service. Everyone was trying to impress each other with their gifts. But there was no voice. No one answered. And watch this. No one paid attention. Again, no results. And this is what's happening in the church world. I mean, we're working up a sweat. I ain't sweating out our weaves and man, we sweating through our shirts and we having a service, but ain't nothing changing. There ain't no results. The people are the same next week as they were
1: last week. And for that reason, the culture no longer pays attention. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at GraceChurchVA or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.